0: You're listening to Your Woo-Woo Best Friend, a no-BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, hello, it's Andy. Welcome back to the show. This is Your Woo-Woo Best Friend. A couple of weeks ago, I shared an episode called The Summer Reset, a four-part hot girl wellness tune-up to help you feel your best This summer. And since then, we've had a lot of folks interested in taking part in this four part wellness tune up. So something that my team and I over here have put together for you is a four part summer reset challenge. It's a be more well this summer challenge. We're getting ready to start the challenge. It's absolutely free. And with that, if you want to participate, make sure you sign up. You can sign up in the show notes. There's a link and you'll see it says sign up here. We're going to focus in the challenge on these four realms, the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. Go back and take a listen to that episode. It's really short. It's a solo episode, like 20 minutes long. We talk about the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual, and in the Reset Challenge, we are going to focus on two categories of work within those realms. So stay with me here. Here's how it will work. We're going to focus on taking the realm, so the physical, for example, and then doing a cleanse and a nourish. So it's basically a release and then a reintegrate with all sorts of juicy goodness, a cleanse and a nourish. We'll do that first, day one, with the category, with the realm of physical. Then we'll go to the mental. Then we'll go to the emotional and then the spiritual. So the intention is in four days' time, you will have done some really good cleansing nourishing planning out new practices habits ways to take care of yourself and it's really up to you how deep you go in this you may decide all right I'm going to clean out the refrigerator on the day of physical I'm going to go through my bookshelf and choose some new juicy novels to read for the summer on the mental realm and that's going to really support my learning and growing and mental well-being on the emotional, you may decide to have a deep conversation that you've been putting off. And on the spiritual side, you may decide that you're going to get rid of one practice you've been doing that perhaps just isn't serving you anymore, and you're going to try something brand new. That's the that's the vibe. That's how we're going to work through this. Each of us deserves an opportunity to feel our best, and times right now are really challenging. and. It's important to focus on restoring our health, restoring our well-being, living with a sense of happiness and joy despite challenges going on in this world. And one of the things I've noticed for myself personally is during this time, I've noticed how well the work I have done on my parasympathetic nervous system is working. I am sad, I get upset, I have moments of anger, and then I'm able to recenter, I'm able to find grounding, I'm able to come back to a sense of balance, because of the work I've done on these realms. So I invite you into the reset. And today I've invited a friend of mine who I met in a mastermind experience. And by the way, if you've always been curious about mastermind experiences, We are going to offer in just a couple of weeks, it's opening on July 21st, a deeper dive into this reset that I'm talking about. So we're going to do the free challenge, the Hot Girl Wellness Tune-Up. However, if you want to go deeper and you want accountability partners and you want a really safe space to do this work in a deeper way, we've got something coming your way that is basically a mastermind for wellness. That is something I have never been a part of and I really wanted it for myself and thought what a perfect time to create something like this so we can all tune up our wellness together this summer and go really deep in each of these realms, the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. So definitely come do the free challenge with us. And then if you're feeling called to go deeper, Our six-week Summer Reset Mastermind experience is very much for you. So I invited a friend of mine to the show today. We hopped on a Zoom, had a chat about her life as an entrepreneur, the work that she's doing, how important it is to be a part of group experiences like masterminds. That's how she and I know each other. I also wanted her to join us because, go take a look at her Instagram, she is like the epitome of wellness tune-up lifestyle. My friend is Jasmine Irvin. She is a certified meditation teacher and founder of the Sustainable Bliss Collective. It's a self-care community and membership for ambitious humans who need the reminder to slow down and reprioritize their self-care even when they're super busy or life becomes challenging. She guides weekly self-care classes and inspires over a million people each month on various platforms like that Instagram account I just talked about with reminders to take care of yourself. She offers tips on reducing overwhelm and stress. We all need that right now. And encouragement on building a more intentional life. I felt like Jasmine was the perfect person to chat with about life right now and building a sustainable practice for yourself as you move into the summer and I've just been really inspired by the work that she's done she's really grown her business very quickly and she's done much of that through being in mastermind experiences in accountability groups that support doing the work moving forward having like-minded friends to cheer you on along the way. And we'll be doing a lot of that in the Summer Reset. So let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Jasmine Irvin. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. My pleasure. It's Really wonderful to have someone like you joining me. Of course, we met in a mastermind experience um, at the let's see earlier this year, end of last year, and both working on things in the world of of self care, self love, some spirituality, all of those good things within our business. And really quickly, I think we both saw that we had some great commonalities and we're doing things within our community that we we had in common. So I'm so happy to have you here and to chat a bit about the work that you do. So let's start by tell me a little bit about you and your background and how that's brought you into the work that you're doing today. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I'm so happy we did meet and connect because it's so nice to hear from other people, especially for me to like learn from you um, a little bit further down the journey than me. And it's just, it's just been so great. So I originally went to school for media, social, like social media, website design, all the things went into corporate quite quickly after graduating from university and While it was all great and I still love that work, I actually still do a lot of that work both in my business and for other people Um, freelance now. I realized that like corporate was not for me very, very quickly. And I also realized that the pace at which I was trying to work and prove myself to other people in the office, all the things that I was doing to just show that like, oh, my job is important. I am, you know, doing good things. It just like burned me out very, very quickly. So about six months in, I think I just realized that, like I said, I couldn't sustain what I was doing, the working, overworking, working really late nights, responding to emails when I shouldn't have been like not having clear boundaries, always taking on extra projects and just not taking care of myself through all of that was really detrimental to my health and wellness. And so about six months in, I is when I first realized that something probably needed to change. Um, I was like, you know what I really reflecting, like, this is not how I used to operate. Like I just couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I was not fulfilled in the work that I was doing. And so it eventually became enough that I was, I realized I needed to go get additional help. So I went to see a nutritionist and she found through my blood work that there was actually some, some health concerns that I really needed to take into account. And a lot of it just stemmed back to that stress and that not taking care of myself. And so when I realized that, and when I could see it in the blood work, it was very easy for me to start to again, like going back to that overachiever to start to change everything in my life to hopefully support my health. And so in that I started meditating, I started going to the gym, I did stay at the job, I ended up working there for like two years. But once I had some of these other pieces in place, my nutrition, my supplements, my, like you were saying, my spiritual practice, all of these things, I was able to sustain both the work that I was doing and having that job, but also taking care of myself among all of those things. So when I realized how impactful that was for my own health and just kind of starting to put myself at the forefront, instead of always putting the demands of the job and what other people were asking me to do at work above my health and wellness, I wanted to start sharing it with others. So I started the sustainable bliss collective at first it was just a blog for me to share my personal experience. I was like, looking back, it was just a mess. It was like a recipe here, like a morning routine here. um, Sustainable living tips here. Like, I don't really know what I was doing, but it was a place for me to share all the things that I was learning. And then it's just kind of grown from there.
0: Your, your path, you're so right. It's so similar to the path that I was on and, as I'm listening, the difference I think is that I stayed on that corporate path for a really long time. I was, <laughs> I was on that corporate path for upwards of a decade. And I think maybe the difference was I was certainly also in that place of the burnout, the stress. I was also like, we, we always had like corporate parties. I had to do a lot of entertaining. So I was definitely drinking too much. I was like champagne every night. It was, mm-hmm. it was things that very much are when I look at at that part of my life, I'm like, whoo, that was rough. You know, I would call that like, it was like, um, hustle culture. I was like hustle culture, fashion, beauty girl, but was definitely not living in, in alignment with a lot of the teaching that even the beauty brand that I worked for was all about because of the pace of, of work for me, that decision to leave my corporate job. I did love, I did love the company, and I loved the work that I was doing. But it was a really hard decision, and it, I, I even gave a year's notice when I was leaving. So when you were making oh that decision, yeah, I was, <laughs> like, I was like, I'm leaving a year from now for real. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, and and a part of that, I think, was was because I had been there so long, and I, I kind of couldn't see how the company you know, not saying this in an egotistical way, but I was like, how are they going to do this without me? I've been here in this role for so long. For you, when you were making that decision to leave, it's a really scary jump to make. Did you, what was that like for you? I guess is my first question. What was that like for you? And then with that, how did you prepare to make the leap to leave, to leave that corporate job and to start your own, your own company? Yeah. So
1: where did I start? I guess the first thing was, I think it was a little bit easier for me because I was newer to it and because it was my first job after graduating. And I think I was lucky in that this was only like in 2018. And I think at that point, the the era of the kind of digital nomads of people not keeping their jobs for a super long period of time, like that had already kind of started to come up and so when i was seeing other people do that too seeing people not stay in the in the same job for forever for their whole lives i kind of saw it as an opportunity like oh i can do that too it's okay and i think that one of the reasons i originally went to school for media was because i had dreams of traveling and i knew thinking long term when i really got clear on what i wanted working in a in a corporate job where i had to stay in the same office all the time was just not super aligned. So I always kind of had in my mind that this was not going to be my job forever. The end just came a lot quicker when I kind of realized all these other pieces that the job was stressful, that the company, I loved the people there too. I think that's what made it hardest to leave was that I did really love everyone that I was working with. But the company itself was an airline and I I was like really diving into sustainability and I like to live as sustainably as as I can within, you know, reason and all the things. But it was something that was on my mind and I was like, you know, the, the values of the company don't really align with where I'm at. A lot of the people here don't have the same values as me. And so it just kind of all came at once where I was like, this is not in alignment at all. And it took a lot of reflection still to realize that I wanted to leave, Um, but it was kind of an easy choice at the end of the day because I just knew it wasn't going to be long-term. And I was like, why would I stay here for five more years if I already know that it's not aligned? So that was kind of my perspective in leaving. And then what I did to prepare. So I started Sustainable Bliss on the side at that six-month point. And then it was not making any money. Um, It was just a blog. It was just a side project, just an Instagram account and a website. And so I knew that that probably was more of a long-term project. So I didn't want to put all of my my eggs in that basket, I guess. I I still, and like I was saying, I still do today. I do freelance virtual assistant work. I still because I still love to do that. I love to create websites. I love to create social media content. And so I started to kind of put the pieces in place to see if I could find freelance clients before I left that job. And in the end, I was able to find a couple, at least it was enough proof for me to know that I would be okay if I left. And then, yeah, I just kind of made the leap. I only gave two weeks notice, not a year. <laughs> I, or maybe I gave maybe I gave three. Um, I, I did, yeah, like I said, I really respected and appreciated everyone that I worked with, but I just knew it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. And then it's funny because I left in February of 2020, and then March, obviously, was <laughs> the pandemic, and I would have lost my job anyways if I had stayed. So really, it was all in perfect timing, I guess. And because that company is no longer in business anyways.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You just had the foresight. I mean, you did it on your terms. You did it based on what your values, what your values were speaking to in your, in your heart. And then it wasn't going to be a thing anyway. So yeah, Yeah. sounds like it was, it was, it went the way that it was supposed to for you. So what I, I, one of the things that you said that I want to touch on that I think is really important when someone is considering making that corporate leap. You talked about this freelance work that you you were doing and that you were starting to to build a plan around, and that you're still doing. And I think a lot of times we think when we're making that leap, leaving a corporate job specifically to start our own business, to start our own thing, you got to go like full in and You've got to have the exact plan and things have to come into focus and land in the exact place that they need to so that you have that success. But what I find often is the case is having those side projects that you can turn into a freelance possibility to keep you just to keep money coming in while you build the business of your dreams is such a great way to do it. I certainly did that too. When I left my corporate job. The first thing I did, well, I had a I had a company that I had been running on the side that was making absolutely no money. I also had my blog, it was making no money, but I had a I had a fashion incubator program that I absolutely would have given everything for. I absolutely loved running it. The there's several designers out in the world today that are really well known that came through that program when they were like high school students, which is really cool, but I was making absolutely zero zero dollars, if not less than zero dollars. I was putting money into that that program, but I really wanted that to be my main thing. There was was not a good financial plan around how that was going to happen. And so the next thing that I thought I was going to do when I left my corporate job was I opened a very small boutique that was all vintage clothing and then the clothing of the designers that were in my incubator program. I thought that was going to be my thing. That wasn't really making any money either. And also, all of a sudden, I was like chained to this shop and I wanted to travel. So I'm like, wait a minute. Like now I'm in a shop that's making no money. I'm running an incubator that's making no money. I have a blog that's making no money. (laughs) Like this is not the best plan for me, but I am feeling really happy about what I'm doing. I'm just not making money doing it. So one of the things that I ended up doing right after that before... I really started to get a good strategy around how to grow we Wee was I, I worked for an artist for a little over a year, maybe about a year and a half. And he needed someone that was going to be open to traveling to art fairs all around the world to get some perspective of what was going on in the art community, look at locations for new galleries for him. For me, that was amazing because I wanted to travel. So all of a sudden, I was able to I was able to take the traveling I was doing for him and create content for WeWe, which was really a travel blog at that point in time. And I was being paid to do it as a, as a freelancer, but as a, I was, I was working for him. He was my biggest client. I was working for him more than anyone else. And if I hadn't have had that opportunity that I, that I, I, that time that I spent with him, it wouldn't have given me the space that I needed to really build WeWe in the way that I wanted to. And It's not something I often share because it's like, it's a part of my story that's like, okay, yeah, I like worked for an artist for a year, but it ended up being the best year to really take the time to build the company in the way that I wanted to.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it's, I think you're so right in that like people feel like they have to have it all figured out at the start, but you, I really don't think that you do. And I think regardless of like (laughs) when you do end up leaving a corporate job, you kind of have to get scrappy. If you like me, I, I had enough proof that I was like, I think it can make this a business, but I didn't have all the proof that it was going to be successful. So I did really have to get scrappy. And I really liked that because a lot of the skills that I learned in, and I'm still learning in this time period are only benefiting sustainable bliss. Like they're not really, sometimes I guess it takes some time, of course, away from building that business, but the learnings that I'm getting from building other people's businesses, helping them with social media content, learning all the things that I need to learn to help my clients is yeah, it's really beneficial to, to my own business. And in seeing, I like this part, these parts of the business, it, you know, eventually I want to be outsourcing these parts because I don't love them doing them. And I just, it's invaluable knowledge, I think. And the other thing I was going to say on, on that too, was I did try. So if we rewind to, I left in February of 2020 and then March COVID hit the clients that I had signed a lot of them or i hadn't actually officially like signed contracts i just ha- it had a lot of interest from a few different people and a lot of them backed out because when covid first you know came about people got kind of nervous with their budgets understandably so and so marketing was one of the first things that people cut now if we like fast forward a couple of months, people realized that actually they needed to invest more in marketing because they, you know, that was the only way to reach people was online. But at the beginning, people really pulled out of different kinds of, um, like little agreements that we had had and just said, I needed to, I need to focus on my, you know, just getting by right now. I don't have the time to start to invest in social media. And so for a while I was, and this is kind of part of a longer story. We were supposed to be traveling at this time because I had finally gone freelance. My partner is already freelance. And so we had planned out this long road trip that we were going to do um, while we started to build the business. Well, we had to come home. And so we couldn't go on that road trip. So we didn't have an apartment anymore. So we were living with uh, his parents and I had all of this time that I was like, okay, my plan was to do freelance social media, but what if I did put everything into sustainable bliss for a month or two and see how that goes. And when I did that, I found it was so much pressure on that business. And I was trying to come up with like the the perfect product and go into kind of like launch mode. And I was trying to do all of these classes and that almost burnt me out (laughs) even the same as like the corporate job did, even though it was what I wanted to do was because I put so much pressure on it to just be successful all at the same time. So I realized that that wasn't working for me either. And then slowly went back to incorporating more um, VA clients and social media clients so that I could put time and energy into sustainable bliss because I am on still on my own schedule now, but it was in a, a much less pressured environment and it felt a lot better and i was able to experiment a lot more and there was no yeah just basically no pressure to have an income from this business mm-hmm. so so quickly
0: yeah um elizabeth gilbert talks about that in the book big magic she says there's this idea that you have to like give up everything and then become the writer and like suffer through the process of like creating your first novel she's like hey how about if we all just like kept our jobs and then like wrote some chapters in the evening when we got home and didn't have to feel like we were struggling and suffering. What if that was the approach and when 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 I read that book and she shared that that's how she had done things it was so aligned with that. I just think that this idea of and we we have a whole podcast episode actually around this idea of like you have to be a struggling artist in order to eventually achieve and succeed and I think sometimes in entrepreneurship we think that same way that you've got to You've got to like go all in and you're going to be working really late nights and burning the candle at both ends. And you're going to be struggling and it's going to be terrible and you're not going to have money at first, but it's, it's going to be worth it on the other side. Like what if we just found ways to stay sustained and had the money coming in that we need to in order to build our business with confidence and slowly at our pace in a way that doesn't make us hate that business from the jump (laughs) that makes such a difference. It really does. Yeah. I mean, and your company is called Sustainable Bliss. So building it in a sustainable way is surely a part of your ethos, whether you knew that you were doing that or not at the beginning. It's very much who you are.
1: A hundred percent. It's about building sustainable habits that, you know, bring you happiness and joy and fulfillment. And at the beginning of even my health and wellness journey, I did try to do everything all at once because I was like, oh my God, my blood work results are so terrible. Like I need to change everything in my life. And it was sustainable for maybe like a month or two. And then I was like, okay, this is burning me out too. So what is the happy medium here? And so, yeah, that is a hundred percent part of the brand. and, And it does need to come into all elements of my life, not just not just with regards to my routines and rituals, but also with, with my business. And so it's something I'm definitely working on all the time because I do still tend to fall into that overworking and, you know, working late nights. I thought that it would go away when I left corporate. It definitely did not. The entrepreneurial world is, you know, just is very much the same, if not even worse than, than corporate, because I'm the only one who's dictating when I stop work and stuff. So it hasn't gone away. I've still hit burnout in on in my entrepreneurial endeavors, but I think I'm a lot quicker now to be like, okay, you're falling into the same patterns. This is not sustainable. Where can we, where can we shift? Where can we realign? Where's your energy going? Where does it need to be going? Like all of those questions and that reflection comes a lot easier now.
0: Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's, something that i think many of us when we enter into that entrepreneurial journey we think okay i'm going to be my own boss the freedom is going to be the thing that i didn't have before that i'm going to have now and then we find that we're a tougher boss on ourselves than yeah. any other boss ever could have been and it's because we care so much about what we're doing anytime i have a launch i now anticipate that i'm going to experience burnout when i have a launch it's just going to happen and then i need to plan for some really strong self care time on the other side of the launch, because otherwise I'm going to be mad at the launch. I'm going to be like, okay, yeah. I never want to do this particular program again because it completely wipes me out. We're getting ready, as this episode comes out, we're getting ready to open the doors to our Opulent Shift program for the fifth time. And truly, each time I've launched this program, I'm learning more about how to sustain myself during the launch because it is a big program it is a more expensive program there's a lot of work that goes into it it's a mastermind program so on the other side of it i want to be really energized and lit up and re- ready to support the women that come into that program and if i'm completely burnt out from just getting it off the ground that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't work it doesn't feel great so that's such a it's such a good point you you went through the same mastermind that i did recently. And tell me a little bit about your commitment and dedication to your business development. Obviously, you have a great commitment to health, wellness, personal development. So talk to me a little bit about your commitment to business development and, and your mastermind experience.
1: Yeah, honestly, you talking about being burnt out after a launch is like the perfect segue because I when I first joined the mastermind, I actually joined, I was in it for two rounds. And the first round, when I joined, I thought that I was really going to be going all in with building sustainable bliss. Like that was my intention behind joining to connect with other people, to figure out what the business model, like what business model I should be following or what, how I could make it more successful. I definitely thought that someone was just going to give me all the answers like right away. And, that's not what happened. But what did happen was I got so much support from that community that I that's why I joined a second round. And I met so many incredible people. The the community, the connections were definitely the main thing that kept me, that kept me going with the with both the mastermind and then also with building my business. And I did my first launch of my membership program was very close to the start of the first mastermind that I joined. So the first round of it, I tried to, yeah, I tried to launch. I was very new to doing any kind of launch. That's not my forte. And I felt so burnt out, did not have as many signups as I thought I was going to. And Was just so, I was an emotional wreck. I was like, okay, I poured all my heart into making this and not very many people want it. And so, if I had not been in the mastermind, I definitely would not have continued with, like, I think I probably would have continued with Sustainable Bliss to some extent, but definitely the membership would not have continued. I think I would have just quit immediately. And then it was only in hearing from people, really, it was up to me to get vulnerable and sharing that that's what I was going through but to hear from other people in calls that, okay, first of all, this is your first launch. You didn't know what you were doing and it was still very successful. Like people told me the conversion rate that I had was actually very high, but I did not have that knowledge. I didn't know that I was expecting everyone who was on the wait list to just immediately like jump in. And that was just a disconnect. that I I just didn't realize at all. And it was like, A shock to me that everyone wasn't immediately like that night when I opened cart, like immediately putting their credit cards in. I don't know. And so, anyways, the community and the support that I got from being in that mastermind is really what was like what allowed me to reframe and first of all be like, okay, actually, I did get a lot of a lot of signups for my first launch, and why would I not continue to serve these people who have said that they want in on this. And so, and just like, yes, just surf the hell out of these people, even if it's not like the number that I was expecting. And really that was a blessing in disguise because there were so many parts of the membership that I hadn't figured out at the beginning. And if I had had all of those, you know, people who were on the wait list come in, I probably wouldn't have been prepared for all the logistical parts of it either. So there were so many reasons that it looking back, that was a blessing. But again, I wouldn't have continued if I wasn't in that supportive container. And hearing advice and hearing from other people who had experienced the same thing. And then their second or third or fourth launch went better and that it just takes some time. I also realized I just wasn't talking about it as enough enough as as much as I needed to be. And I thought I was boring people probably with how much I was talking about it, but Mm, when you think about how many people actually hear about it, it really wasn't enough. So all of these pieces that were so new to me were, it was just game changing to have that, that support and guidance and people to bounce ideas off of ask questions who had been in that place before and yeah, connect with people like you. So it really has been like one of the best things that I did for my business and not only sustainable bliss, but people actually told me in that group that I was way undercharging for my virtual assistant offerings. And so in that mastermind, even though I didn't go in for that support, I ended up completely changing my packages for my virtual assistant offerings. And it allowed even allowed me to take even more pressure off of myself in terms of like the financial and and all of those things. So I really don't know where I would be without it. I think it took probably like five years off my journey.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's so that is that's probably very real. There's there's only so much you can get through the trial and error that you go through in building a business. And when you join a mastermind program, you have all these people that have been in your shoes and they can share, okay, when I was at this point, this is what happened for me or this is the route that I took that worked or when I had this failure, this is how I pivoted and it makes such a difference. I I'm very much a devotee to masterminds. I join them myself. I I obviously offer them as well. And I get as much out of offering them and just being in community with the women who join my masterminds as I often do in being in someone else's mastermind. But I think it's just like a really, a really wonderful circular or cyclical experience of giving back, learning, experiencing, being in community, sharing your story, hearing other people's story. It's such a powerful way to have the support that you need to build business, especially if you're a solopreneur, if you're working by yourself, most of the time, having those folks as resources is really important.
1: Yeah. I never really had anyone around me other than, like I said, my partner does do freelance work, but I don't want to talk to him all of the time about it. I feel like I need some other people in my network and none of my friends really took that that route or at the time when I started my business, hadn't at least. And so it's just so nice to have people who understand what you're going through, because I don't think that if you don't have that in your friend network, it can be kind of hard and it can feel pretty,
0: pretty lonely. So, so true. Okay. I can't talk to you without asking you to tell us a little bit about your process of creating the magical social media work (laughs) that you do, the beautiful posts that you that you create. Also, you've had just great success in growing on Instagram really quickly and such a in such a great way. It's you put out just beautiful work. So, take me through a little bit of the process that I know these are maybe your trade secrets, but tell no, me no, no, no. <laughs> about your process. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's yeah, it has been funny because when I again, it was not something that I was expecting to kind of become a second business or third business, I guess, technically is my personal Instagram, but through, through COVID and through, I guess, just reels and video in general becoming popular, I started to share a little bit more about my routine and I just wanted really to document more of my life because I often look back and want to see photos and and videos. and, And I just didn't have a lot of them. And except for when I traveled, then I would have like a million things, but I was like, I don't have anything of my day to day. And so I started sharing and also a little bit of strategy behind it was that I thought if people saw me meditating in the morning or me making a nice cup of coffee or me doing some of these pieces of my routine journaling specifically yeah just all of these things that i t- try to do that are part of my my routines that they would also potentially want to learn from me and potentially would be great candidates for joining the sustainable bliss community as well so there was a little bit of that strategy behind it but for the most part honestly i just wanted to have these things to document myself and to keep me kind of accountable to doing all the things that I know make me feel really good. And so I started just, yeah, taking little clips here and there of my mornings, putting them together. And then I think it was just very good, very good timing in that that content started to really become popular around the yeah. same time that I was sharing it. So yeah, it was just, and I commit to, I committed to 30 days of posting a real a day. And in that time I saw such tremendous growth that I was like, why am I not continuing with this? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, again, over time, I realized that a, d- a real a day is not sustainable for me personally, because I do need to take some time to recharge because even though it is just sharing my day, it's still like, I still have to get my phone out in the mornings. And sometimes that's just like sacred time for me that I don't want to be on my phone. So I've had to kind of find this, this balance and this harmony between protecting my own morning routine while still sharing it in a way that feels good and can potentially inspire other people. So there has been that kind of balance that I'm still trying to find, but for the most part, it's been really, really nice to to do it and connect with people. And of course, seeing the growth is is nice. But I think that I would be doing it even if I hadn't seen that growth. And then again, it's also potentially funne- funneling some people into sustainable bliss. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if that answers yeah.
0: the question yet. <laughs> Are you able to eat the avocado toast? As you make it, or do you have to film it first? <laughs> thing, I didn't film it in this morning. <laughs> okay, good. And like the things people want to know is, did she get to? Did she get to enjoy that delicious-looking avocado <laughs> toast? At yes. least some days. Okay, good. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that because it's um, it is it is what you're teaching, and it's and it's it's a really beautiful way to share what the process looks like in your world and then potentially attract folks into sustainable bliss that want to emulate a part of that experience in in their own life. So tell us about what happens inside of your business. What do you offer inside of sustainable bliss?
1: Yeah. So it's still very much the blog and Instagram are main I guess, outlets for me to share the things that I am learning and the tips. And I'm always taking new certifications. I'm in a certification, right? So I am certified as a meditation teacher, but I'm in a certification now for NLP and EFT tapping and hypnosis. Yeah, some really cool things. And I think I'm always going to be someone who continues to, to learn in that way. I just really, really enjoy that. So it's just a way for me to share a lot of, a lot of that stuff at the beginning, like I said, it was more come along with me on the journey and it still is that, but I think I have a lot more knowledge and just have, have read a lot more books, have listened to a lot more podcasts and I'm able to really put my spin on things or my perspective on things now. Whereas at the beginning, I think I was a lot of the time it was just pulling from, from other people. So I, I, yeah, I really, really love the blog and Instagram as ways to share. And then I do offer classes currently it's every week. We have like two classes and you can drop into those. So I teach a meditation and journaling class some mornings and then a relaxation, meditation, some evenings, or I've kind of switched up the schedule a little bit. And as I'm learning these new modalities, so I did my first hypnosis class the other night, and I've been doing some morning tapping and journaling classes. So it's just another way for me to share the things that I'm being certified in, the things that I'm learning, the things that I like to do myself and it's been really fun to connect with people. It's all like over zoom. So you can use like the chat box and stuff. It's just nice to see people doing it. And a big part of why I started doing classes was as much as it's easy to see that other people It's easy to know like, oh, yes, I should be meditating or, yeah, I know that I would be really well served if I journaled today. But I still even find myself like some days being like, "Ah, I don't really feel like that. I don't want to do it, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the classes are meant to kind of hold you um, accountable because if you sign up for something the same way I showed up for the mastermind because I had put my money down on it and I was like, no way I'm wasting this money. I'm getting as much as I can out of this. I want people to do that to a smaller extent with like their self-care practices. If they feel like they need the accountability, this is here for you as a way to just encourage you to show yourself the t- same you know, time and commitment that you would show up for a meeting at work. Like you can show up for a meeting with yourself in the same way. And then maybe after a few times, you really get into a good routine and you don't need to come to class anymore, but it's there for you if you need it. And I love to share different themes that we're working on. Like March, we're talking about manifestation and energy alignment. So things that I'm going through, things that I'm working on and also just things that align with like the seasons of life that we're in. I think it's so, it's so fun and it's kind of nice to connect with people who are all going through that same experience and can share their thoughts and opinions too on, on different things.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. So if someone wants to find you on Instagram or find your blog or take a class, tell us where Mm -hmm. they would go to find, to find all of your things.
1: Yeah. So my personal Instagram is just at Jasmine Irvin. That's like the easiest way to connect with me, but I am still the person running the sustainable bliss account too. So if you want to connect there, it's still me who's going to message you. And so that's at sustainable bliss co on Instagram. And then the website is linked on both the Instagrams, but it's sustainable
0: Perfect. Jasmine, thank you for coming and hanging out with me on the show. I appreciate it. I love seeing what you're doing. And I'm so inspired by your morning routine Instagram reels. I very much get so much out of seeing what you've got going on. So thanks for being willing to share that with all of us. And I'm just cheering you on as you continue your journey. It's absolutely going to be a beautiful one.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're you've been killing it with the reels too <laughs> recently. Thank I've been watching you. them all. So, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate it, but girl, I'm I don't have it like you. I have to like hire somebody to come over and help me. I'm like, "Please come <laughs> and help me film the avocado toast because like <laughs> my skill set is not your skill set." But thank you very much for mentioning it.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure pleasure chatting.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much to Jasmine for joining me today. As a reminder, if you want to join us in the four-day challenge, the Summer Reset Be More Well Challenge, simply head on over to the show notes. You'll click that link in the episode and get signed up. The way the challenge will work is you'll get an email a day for four days with a very short video. I'm talking like five minutes some prompts to support you in cleansing and nourishing in each of the four realms. Very much looking forward to seeing many of you there. And if you want to go deeper, the Summer Reset Be More Well experience will open on July 21st. And with that, we are complete. I have some really great interviews coming your way for... The remainder of this summer, we'll have Amber Lee of Chakra Girl Radio joining the show. Nikki Cosmo, who I know many of you are big, big fans of. We have the Crypto Witch joining us. If you want to learn all about crypto, it's been something you've been dabbling in or thinking about. She's joining us this summer as well. And many, many more amazing folks to inspire you, educate you, and invite you a little further into the woo. I'll see you again next week. Send me a note if you're joining me in the challenge. I can't wait to see you super soon. Much love.